a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. Oh man, I sleep so good to see you. I didn't know you were coming. Oh my, walked all night, right? Yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, I'm going to continue the second part of my message from last week, titled, Be a Son of Encouragement. Be a Son of Encouragement. And from the scriptures, that's the name for Barnabas, who worked with Paul. Barnabas was nicknamed Son of Encouragement. His original name was Joseph, but we don't know him as Joseph anymore. He was a Levite. We don't know him as that. All we know is Barnabas, a son of encouragement. He is called by his nickname. His ministry was to encourage people. And I believe that it's that same ministry that God has called every one of us to. Encourage people. Encourage people. There are people that are searching all over. People are lost. They don't fully understand the meaning of life. They are going through things. Things are difficult, but they need somebody. Someone to say a few words of encouragement. To let them know there is hope. There is hope in God. No matter how bad it is, there is hope in God. God can help you to lift up your head. No matter how difficult the situation is, God is able. And we heard that this morning. God, there is, With God, nothing is too hard. God is able to do it. But we need to hear it from somebody. God has already spoken and God giving us his word. We need to, people need to hear it coming from, from believers. People who know their God. Sharing with people and uplifting them. Giving them hope. That's what the word tells us. Now, if you read in the scriptures, there was always, there's a refrain Jesus used in the New Testament a lot. Just this verse. Go and learn what this means. I would rather have mercy, not sacrifice. It's encouraging you go, say there is something for you and I to go learn about God, what God wants. He wants you to go and learn, to learn what this means. And he says that in Matthew chapter 9, that's one of the places where he said that. Matthew chapter 9 verse 12, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. That's what I said last Sunday. The church is a hospital where Jesus is the physician. And he's ministering to people. Every believer needs to understand that. Jesus is the great physician. He will heal emotional problems. He will heal physical problems. He will heal sinful problems. Whatever it is, he is the physician. But that's what it says. Those who are well, if you are already okay, you don't need a physician. So we come because we are not already okay. We still need the physician. And we need to tell everyone, God Holds nothing against you. He is the physician. 
He wants to help you. Your doctor never holds anything against you unless you don't listen to his instruction, what he's asking you to do. Then he'll fight you. But really, it's for your good. That's what Jesus said. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Then he said this, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. In the Old Testament, there are ceremonial laws. They were based on rules. You have to do this, and this is the way it's done. No feelings, no mercy. You don't do it. If you failed, you do it. That's all they want. But Jesus has changed that. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For, he said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's what he's doing. And if you're here this morning, there is an opportunity. We can come to God. That's why Jesus came. He's looking to heal you. He's looking to heal me. He's looking to heal every one of us. All you have to do is come. And no one is rejected. No matter what the situation is, no matter what the problem is, no matter what's healing you, God says you are welcome. He is the physician. Every physician is looking for a patient to work with, a patient to come to them. And we are that patient. We can come to him and he will listen to us. He will deal with us and he will make us whole by his grace. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's who God is. There's a scripture that kind of buttresses that for us. In, in uh, Luke chapter 1, it says in verse 72, to perform, this was Zachariah speaking. It says to perform the mercy promised to our fathers. So Jesus came to perform the mercy that was promised to our fathers. That's what Jesus came to do. As John the Baptist, uh, Zachariah was prophesying about John the Baptist and the coming of Jesus. He says God's fulfilling this. So what God's looking for you is mercy. And Jesus is the one to perform that mercy upon your life. You can have mercy from him. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. So that mercy is tied to his covenant for every one of us. The mercy is tied to his covenant. And from time to time we need mercy from God. And sometimes we need mercy from other people. And we should show mercy and encourage people out of mercy, out of compassion. That's what God wants. Mercy that comes through us in compassion. Compassion towards those that are broken. Those that are, fail, that are falling. Those that are hurting. Just to lift them up with words of encouragement. To make them, give them opportunity for God to walk through their lives and make them what he created them to be. And it's never too late. God is able to do that. 
It says to grant to us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemy. Enemy is Satan that's coming against your life to destroy your life, to destroy your finances, to destroy everything that concerns your life. Everything that God has built in your life, Satan wants to come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God is here in His Son to perform the mercy that He promised our Heavenly Father. That our Heavenly Father promised us that we should enjoy that. When grace is mixed with the Son of Encouragement, things happen. When grace is mixed with encouragement, God can then move in the lives of people. I want to go back to Barnabas and see what, Barnabas, what happened here in the scriptures in Acts chapter 11, verse 22. There was a new church around the area of Antioch among Gentiles that have received Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they were worshiping God. They were new to the faith. And it says, the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. That's where the church started. And they sent out the son of encouragement. That's who God sends out to help people, to build up people. Sons of encouragement. They sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came... And he has seen the grace of God. So the grace of God was already there. Barnabas saw the grace of God at work. That was important. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. He was happy that this was happening. The God's grace was present. And then look at what he did. And encouraged them. See, grace and encouragement. Together. He didn't just go there and say, Ha, God's grace is here. So let's just have fun. No. He added his person. He was the son of encouragement. He encouraged them. And look at what the result is. Encourage them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And guess what the result is? A great many people were added to the Lord. So every time you miss grace with some encouragement, things happen. Lives are changed. But when you speak words that are not words of encouragement, there is no growth. There is no life. Yes, you can see it, but you decide from the word of God. To encourage the people. Don't worry about it. And God speaking to every one of us here this morning. Regardless of what you're going through. Maybe there's pain. Believe me. The word is already spoken this morning. There is nothing that is impossible with God. God can lift you up. No matter what the situation is. Paul always practiced that. Paul would say to a church. Your faith has been heard of all around the world. And those individuals always, Paul knows about our faith. That was encouraging to them. He would say things like that to them just to encourage them. 
You got faith. God's working with you. He bragged about them. In Ephesians chapter 1, he was bragging on the Ephesians. He says, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. In other words, I'm praying for you. You're not, there's nothing wrong. I'm just praying for you to get better. So there's somebody praying and encouraging them. And they heard those words from Paul. I want to talk about Peter and Jesus. Or Jesus and Peter. Peter had a spectacular failure in his life. Peter did. A failure that could have destroyed his person totally. How did this person who had such spectacular failure become the great apostle that we talk about today? What happened? How did he get to that place? If you read in the scripture, Jesus actually talked to Peter. Peter was arrogant. He was self-confident. He believed he can do it. But Jesus spoke to him, and I believe those words stayed with Peter. It says, and the, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, just mentioned his name twice. I'm going to warn you. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. Simon had no clue. Peter had no clue. Just like we are sitting here, the enemy is wanting to destroy your life. And that's written in the word of God so that we know it's the enemy, Satan, that is against your life. Not God. God is never against you. God is always on your side. In this world, in this scripture, Jesus was saying, no matter what happens to you, Peter, I will be on your side. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. No matter how far you go, no matter how badly it becomes for you, I have your back. I'm standing with you. I'm encouraging you. You don't know what the future holds, but Jesus knew. So Jesus spoke those words to him. He says, Satan has asked for you. Sometimes I wonder about this scripture. Who was he asking for? <laughs> Who was he talking to? And asked him. That's a mystery. We'll find out when we get to heaven. I'm not sure. Satan prays to God. Can I kill one of your sons? <laughs> Can I kill him? And Jesus has to pray. I don't understand that part. But he says, Satan asked for you. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. You see, please understand. What Satan is after in your life, your faith in God. No matter what you're going through, his purpose, the temptations, and everything that comes against your life is to get you to a place where you lose faith in God. That's his purpose. 
As long as you hold on to the, the, to the fact that God still loves you. And that God is on your side. Things will change. God will come through for you. So his thing was to get his faith away from him. Let his failure defeat him and make him lose his faith in God. But Jesus said, I have your back. I prayed for you. That your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, guess what he said? You will return. You are not just going to go away. You are going to come back to me. So I believe these were encouraging words. Could you imagine after Peter denied Jesus, what was going through his mind? I don't think he forgot those words. Amen? He never forgot those words. That was his master. He denied him. And he denied him three times and actually cursed about it. But I'm sure he remembered those words. Notice, he never left the, the brethren. He was always with them. Even when Jesus was in the grave, he was still with them, waiting, wondering what's going to happen now. He was with them because he had heard from the master. May God speak to you today in Jesus' name. May God encourage your heart today in Jesus' name. No matter what you're going through, God is still on your side. And the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? You have to always keep that in your heart. God is for me. No matter what's going on, God is still on my side. As long as you have flesh and blood, God's on your side and he's looking for the best for your life. That's the God that we serve. You notice how Jesus dealt with him. With encouragement. Jesus never went back talking about what he had done. Notice that? After he rose from the dead, he was with Peter for 40 days. Not one single time did he mention, didn't I tell you, Peter? There was nothing I said about that. Not one time. Be a son of encouragement. Let us be like Jesus. Yes, they may be struggling. But they are still coming. Don't remind them, your children, don't remind them when they are trying about their failures. Focus on what they can become. That's the sound of encouragement. Don't what they, how they failed, the things they've done, but how, what they can become. That's how Jesus dealt with him. For 40 days, Jesus was with Peter. I'm sure all of that time, Peter was wondering, is he going to ever mention this thing? I believe. He was human. But Jesus never said anything about it. And I like the way Jesus did it. They were all gathered. He picked him out from the crowd. Amen? You are still the same leader you were. That's encouragement. All of a sudden, he realized, God, I still have my position. He singled him out and brought him out. He said to him, three times we know the scripture, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter had to say it against what had happened. Amen? He said it against 
what he had done. I love you. Can't understand what happened, but I still love you. And then Jesus said, feed my sheep. In other words, you still have that position. He hasn't abandoned you. Amen? You don't sound like you are convinced. (laughs) He hasn't abandoned you. No matter what, he's still looking to help you. He's still looking to lift you up. He'll help you overcome the issue, no matter what it is. Even if you have forgotten him, he hasn't forgotten you. He never mentioned it, and we said he was with them for 40 days. Not one time. There were words of encouragement. And because of that, he became the great Peter that we know today. And also I talk about the disciples themselves. Nobody was talking to Peter about what happened. Right? Nobody was. Were they tolerating what was happening? No. They were not tolerating what he did. But that was not their focus. Their focus was encouragement and restoration. And that's what, if you're here this morning, my word to you, God wants to restore. And to, he's encouraging you. He's bringing you up. He is on your side. He is not against you. All you have to do is tell God, I still want to be around you. That's what Peter was doing. He never left the disciples. He still was with them. How did Paul become such a great apostle? What would have happened when Paul tried to join the church in Jerusalem and nobody would accept him, including the apostles? But Barnabas stood his ground for him. And that was his encouragement. Barnabas believed in him. If it were not for Barnabas, I don't know what Paul would have done. But he became the great apostle Paul. That he was. The Bible tells us, love hopes all things. Amen? Amen? Love hopes all things, believes all things, hopes all things. So when there is the love of God, that love never gives up. Love never fails. As long as you are operating out of the love of God, you can even speak to the situation out of compassion. But help, love never fails. Paul, if you read in Acts 15, there's a, there's a scripture here that again revealed to us what compassion would do for us. Listen, it says in Acts 15 verse 36, Then after some days, after they've done their missionary work and all of that, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Barnabas was decided, he made up his mind, I'm going to get Mark to go with us in this trip. But Paul didn't think so. 
It says, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Paul said, no. He failed. And we're not, we don't want him. He was think, defining him based on what happened in the past. He set him there. He is going to fail again. He's not going with us. That was Paul's attitude. And it says, if you read in the scripture, he says, the, then the contention became so sharp. So what were they arguing about? I think I have a feeling I know what, a little bit of what was going on. Barnabas was saying, you know I accepted you. You used to murder Christians, remember? <laughs> now you're saying for this one failure, he can't go with us. What's the matter with you? I went and I brought you into this ministry. You were sitting somewhere in a red. I brought you in. Now I've given you, now you, you don't want him because he failed one time. Remember you killed us? That's just my thinking. Okay. <laughs> And Paul says, if that's the way you feel, we're not going to go work doing ministry together anymore. It's over. It's over. You go your way, and I'm going my way. Take that failure with you, and I'm going to take Silas with me, and we'll do great ministry. And they did great ministry. They did great ministry. But think about it. It says in the scripture that Barnabas took uh, John Mark, and went with John Mark to a different area, Cyprus, to, 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 to do ministry. What do you think would have happened to John Mark if Barnabas had agreed with Paul? You know what will happen? You will not have the book according to St. Mark. It's not going to be there. It's not, you won't have St. Mark. Because all he would do, he'll leave very discouraged. And all, he won't blame them. All he would do is focus on his own failure. And have no faith to trust God. No grace because of what's happened. Those two great ministers abandoned me. And they told me, I'm no good. You can't make it. But thank God, the son of encouragement decided, no. I'm going to take him and I'm going to mentor him. I'm going to work with this young man. I see something in him, Paul, that you can't see. The same I saw in you. I saw that. And I will be patient with everything that he's doing. And that's what God's calling every one of us to. Many are coming into the body of Christ. Identify. Work with them. Be patient with them. Deal with them slowly. Don't just cast them away. Don't avoid them. Stay with them. Love them. Encourage them. You can do it. If that includes your own children. And your brothers and your sisters. In Christ. Everyone. God is with us. If God be for us, no one can be against him. God is working in our lives. We can make it. We can make it in him. The Bible says, now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Barnabas believed. Hope 
that, yes, I can do something with this young life. I know he's raw, but I can work with him. And I can do something with this life. And he did. We don't hear a lot about Barnabas, but we know Barnabas was the one that mentored John Mark. And he became that great John Mark, writing the book, The Gospel According to St. Mark. I believe they said that was the first gospel that was written. The book of Mark. And Matthew almost lined up with, uh, with the book of Mark. But listen to what the scripture says. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. When God lives in us, we want to encourage people. No matter where they are, God's healing can come through encouragement. Think about what comes out of your mouth as you're sharing with people. I'm glad Paul later repented because Paul saw what had happened. The product of what the ministry of Barnabas had done in the life of John Mark. Listen to this. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. This is Paul speaking. It's an amazing thing. It was years later. I do remember in my, in my early life as a Christian in Nigeria, I had people that I ministered to. And it didn't seem like I was, there was nothing happening. There was not a change of life. They didn't stick. And I thought, gosh, I failed. Because none of these people are really serving God. With God, nothing is impossible. These people, some of them are serving God. Some of them are ministers today. Some of them I talked to on the phone. I can't put their face to, to the person because God has changed them. This word of the, this, the word of God, the seed of the word, is incorruptible. When it's sown in the heart of a person, out of love and concern to encourage them, that seed never dies. It will bear fruit. The seed, seed never dies. Paul says in Colossians, verse 10, 4, chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Aristocles, my fellow prisoner, greets you. With who? Mark. So who is his fellow prisoner? The guy he said, I want nothing to do with this guy. Send him back. But Barnabas took him in. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. You take those that people won't go near and you pull them to you and begin to talk to them about Jesus, telling them about what Jesus has done in your life. And before you know, their lives have changed. They lose the fear and they are able to do things for God, just like John Mark. He became a fellow prisoner. Just with Paul. Doing ministry with Paul because the son of encouragement was present in his life. Had an impact upon his life. He says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner greets you with Mark the cousin, you notice he, he acknowledged, the cousin of Barnabas. He was the cousin of Barnabas. The one he rejected. About whom you receive instruction. If he comes to you, welcome him. 
Is that a change? Yes. Welcome him. I've given you instruction. Mark is a great, great disciple. When he comes, welcome him. But that great disciple came because somebody had spoken words of encouragement into the person, this man's life. Not words of discouragement. We should learn a lesson as we raise our families, our family members, things that happen to us. It says in the, in the scriptures that David, his men were talking about stoning David. And uh, I think it was the worst day of David's life. <laughs> and the next day was going to be the best day of his life. He had no clue about it. But they are taking all of his, uh, all of his children, the wives of his 600 uh, men, great men, and they, made, they were crying. He said they cried to the point where they had no strength to cry. Some of them couldn't fight anymore. They were so discouraged, including David. And the men were saying, we are going to stone David. And that was very disheartening. The people you raise, they're trying to kill you now. But it says David went in, and guess what? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Encouragement will go a great distance, especially with the grace of God. So let's, the grace of God's already here with us. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Every time we're ministering to somebody, the grace of God is there. But let your words be words of encouragement. Don't focus on the negatives. Yes, you acknowledge that. But we don't ignore it or discount it. But we focus on what Christ can do for an individual. David, the next day, was then become he then became the the king of uh, Judah, the tribe of Judah. But the day before, things were so dark for him. Now let me say this to you: it could be very dark today, amen. And the reason Satan is coming after you in such a strong way is because he doesn't fully understand. But the next day or so, something great is coming your way. So hold on, I want to encourage you with that. He says, welcome him. Verse 11. And Jesus, this is not Jesus Christ, who is called Justus, they are, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God. Mark, my only fellow workers. Now he needed John Mark, who are of the circumcision. They have provided, they proved to be a comfort to me. Isn't that that interesting? Now, Mark, whom Barnabas encouraged, also took on that ministry of encouragement, right? And when Paul needed comfort, in fact, he's called the son of consolation. He was now ministering comfort to Paul. They comforted me. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 11 tells us this. Paul speaking again. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. For he is 
useful to me for the ministry. Only after Barnabas is true with him. May God fill your mouth with words of encouragement. Amen. As you leave this morning, may God fill you with words of encouragement to speak to somebody. I believe in your life there's somebody that needs encouragement. Somebody that you can, through the word of God, speak to and let them know things will be better for you. Just stick with God. Just stick with God. Bow your heads with me this morning. From time to time, we need encouragement. But there is no greater comfort than the comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit. And he is here today. The Bible calls him the comforter. He is the great comforter. If you're here this morning and there is discouragement in your heart and pain because of something that's happened, would you lift your hand up? We want to pray. better yet. Would you stand up, please? If that's you, no, I'm talking about those dealing with discouragement, some kind of fun. Please, just stand up. Yes. I want to let you know that God is here with you today. And it will be well. As long as you live in this body, God will come through for you. God will come through for you. What I want you to do is to be a song. Put your hand in the hand of the one who parted the Red Sea. Put your hand in his hand this morning. And let God be God in your life. He will not disappoint you. God will not disappoint you. God will restore you. God will restore whatever that is. In some areas, God said, I will restore double. I will restore double for what is hurting you today. Those of you standing up, would you lift your hands in here today and I'll lift my hands at you. Heavenly Father, we call upon your name today. I need everyone's eyes open, please. Look around, please. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to stand with them. Amen. That's what church is all about. I need you seated down. Please, not right, not right now. Please be seated. Only those that are standing, please. I need you to look at these people. Mark them. 
If nothing, like Paul said, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Not judgment, but prayer. I prayed for you. And God will hear your prayers. God will hear your prayers. And things will change in this life. If we show mercy from the heart of God, you know in yourself that you can also come into a place of discouragement. We are humans. It happens to all of us. But right now, these needs encouragement. Would you pray for these today? That God will bless them and change the situation and make the situation good for them so that they can come closer to God. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you are here with us today. You are the great encourager. Blessed Holy Spirit, you are the great encourager. Encourage every heart today. Lift up everyone, Lord, these that are standing up. Let their situations be resolved by the power of your Holy Spirit. We lift them up in prayer today in Jesus' name. That the power of the Holy Spirit will come into their situation. And God, they will have a testimony after the test is over. In the name of Jesus, I bless them in your name with the words of encouragement today from your throne. Lord, let them find something to hold on to by your grace. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. I need our prayer partners to please come up here. You know, I believe, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And many of these operate in the gifts of the Spirit. If you, will, if you have situations, would you come? I believe they will be able to speak a word and pray for you and bring some healing into your life. Would you please stand up? Come up quickly if you, if you need help.